In the portion of Kedoshim, we talk about two mitzvahs of the many dealing with theft. In verse number 11 of chapter number 19, and similarly verse number 13 of chapter 19, it says, number one, do not steal, you shall not steal. And number two is, it says in 13, Lois Israel, do not rob. One is Loi Tignoivu, and one is Loi Sigzel. Now, it's interesting to note that Rashi, on verse number 11, asked the question. We already said in the Ten Commandments, which everybody knows the Ten Commandments. We read it in the portion of Yisroi. We read it again in the portion of Eschanon. We read it again on Shavuot, the holiday of Shavuos. The entire world knows the Ten Commandments, and there it says, do not steal. So why must the Torah again, in this portion of Kedoshim, repeat itself and tell us, do not steal? So Rashi says very simply, and Rashi gives us the pshat, he's the logician of the Torah, he says that in the Ten Commandments, when we say do not steal, we are referring to kidnapping. And if you steal a human being, you kidnap a human being, and then you sell that person, it is punishable by death. That is the reference in the Ten Commandments. Here, the Torah is dealing with theft of property, theft of money. And therefore, the Torah repeats itself again in the portion of Kadoshim. Now, there are two separate things. There is the prohibition of stealing, which is do not lois sigzoil, or robbery rather, and lois signoif, which is stealing. What is the difference? According to the Rambam, do not steal represents stealing undercover, stealing at night, or stealing behind a person's back. The person does not know that you are stealing the money. That is the concept of signoiv, aganif. Then you have sigzoil, which is robbery, like arm robbery, in broad daylight, to your face. This is yours? No, it's not. It's mine. I'm taking it away from you. I don't care what you say. I'll take it by force. Now, pertaining to these two violations, we find two different terminologies in the Talmud, in the writings of our sages. And we'll deal with each one individually. The first one is, the Rambam says, kol hagoizel, one who steals, or robs, eschavedoi shavapruta, one who robs his friend from even one penny, it is ki'ilu noitel nishmasoi, it is so severe as if he has taken his soul. That's how severe it is. It's not only money, you took his life. Noitel es nishmasoi, you are taking the person's life. And the Ramam quotes a verb or a passage from Proverbs. As it says, such is the fate of all who pursue unjust gain. 
And the final quote is, it takes the life of the owner. It's a pasuk in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 19. It takes the life of the owner. So the moment you take away something from someone else, you rob someone, you are not only taking away their money, you are also taking their life. The question comes to mind, what is the rationale behind this? What is the reason behind this? Why do we say that and there are a few ways of looking at this. Number one is based on a teaching in Tosfos. Tosfos in the Tractate of Baba Kama, page 119a, says that there are times. There are times that the poor man is so poor and ravenous that he has nothing. And now you take that last penny that he has or that she has, and because of that, the poor man, or the poor woman, or the child, was not able to buy their next meal, and simply they died. So therefore, if you steal, it is as if you have taken away their life. By the way, it's interesting to note that this is one of the reasons why our sages tell us that we don't make a bracha when it comes to tzedakah. We don't make a blessing when it comes to charity. Because a poor man comes to the house and says, I'm hungry, I'm going to die. Are you hungry? Oh, one second, I have a mitzvah now to do tzedakah, charity. So one second here, I got to make a bracha. I can't just make a bracha just like this. I got to go to mikvah first. So I, wanna, I haven't given tzedakah in the last 30 years. So it's a big thing now. So I'm going to go to mikvah, I'm going to immerse at least 310 times to acquire all 310 worlds. And then I'll come out of the mikvah, I'll put on my finest suit, but I don't have it, I have to go to the cleaners and pick it up. And then i got to put on my hat, I don't have a hat, I have to buy a hat. And I put on a gaitel, a sash, and then I have to have the meditation, I have to think for at least 3-4 hours on the holiness of this mitzvah. And then I forgot the bracha, I have to find the bracha. And finally after I say the bracha, already the poor man is dead at your doorstep. So don't make any brachis, don't make any blessings, don't have any kavanis, any meditations, just give the money, give tzedakah. <coughs> so this is really the, the hint of Teisvis. Teisvis says there are times that the person is so poor, and you stole that last penny, that last meal, you are now a murderer. And therefore, k'ilu neitel nishmasay. Even though this is a very beautiful interpretation, however, it doesn't seem to be the approach of the Rambam. Because the Rambam uses the terminology kol hagoizel. Kol means anyone under any circumstance that robs money is considered to be like you took his soul. Mm-hmm. The situation in Toysvis is a case that is not that probable. Because it could be that this was the last penny of the poor person. Under those circumstances, yes, you would be considered to be a murderer. But most people have a second penny or a third penny. And the Rambam says a general statement. Anytime you steal money, even from a rich person, you are considered to be a murderer. You are taking that person's soul, as it says in Proverbs, it takes the life of the owner. Of the possessor. Another approach to understand the reason of Kolagoizel, one who robs his friend, 
is considered to be a murderer could be inferred from the Rambam's words himself. The Rambam says that when you covet, when you desire, when you have a temptation for another person's home or another person's field or another person's wife or another person's possession or car and you want it so much and you're so passionate about it and you try to convince the person, sell me your house, I'll pay you any money you want and the person says no. No, I'm offering you all the money in the world. You're still telling me no, I'm going to steal it from you. And if you're going to put up a fight, I'm going to kill you for it. So therefore the Torah says, do not covet. And don't desire other people's property because ultimately it could bring to murder. But here too, it's not that my coveting or my desire right now is murder. It could eventually bring to murder. And the same is true that that if someone will fight with me, if I try to steal their money, it could bring to murder. But this does not answer the question why at this moment, when I am stealing, I am taking your soul. That alone is considered to be murder. So the third approach would be, as the Ramam himself says, that what is the definition of goizel, the definition of robbery, that you are taking the money or the property or the possession of your neighbor by force. And when you take it by force, you are taking their soul. Nefesh balav yikach, you are taking the soul of the owner. Why? Because everything you own is connected to you not only physically, but also spiritually. You have your sparks, you have your investment in that money, in that possession. You desire it, you love it, you work for it, you earned it, you inherited it, but it has an intrinsic connection to you. And therefore, even if you have billions of dollars or trillions of dollars, I'm giving you a blessing, you should all have trillions of dollars. Still and all, if someone robs you even for one penny, that one penny is connected with your soul. And therefore, you are considered to be, according to the Torah, a murderer. Now, even though this is very severe, we find an interesting halacha pertaining to one who wants to do tshuva, one who wants to return the theft. Says the Ramam like this. Mm-hmm. If you stole an object and you already used the money and now you feel regret, you want to do tshuva, mm-hmm. and the robber wants to do tshuva, and he comes on his own. No one caught him. No one forced him. But on his own, he realizes the mistake he did. Says the Rambam, when he's about to give back the money, you are to tell him, I don't want it. I don't want it. Unless he brings back the object itself. In other words, if he steals your pen, and now he brings you back your pen, fine, take it. But if he stole the pen, or robbed the pen, rather, and now he wants to pay you the $100 for the pen, say, you know what? I appreciate it. Thank you. I forgive you. On the contrary, if you take back the money, says the Rambam, the spirit of the rabbis did not compliment and did not approve of this action. Why? 
because you want to bring the person closer. You want to encourage him and, and support him in his return to Almighty God. This is pertaining the sin of Geneva, of robbery. And by the way, they tell a story, and we've said it in the past, that about Yossel the Ganif. He was the town thief. And one day he goes to the town rabbi and says, Rabbi, look, I found a wallet in the street. I want to fulfill the mitzvah of Ashavas Aveda, returning a lost object. And the rabbi said, wow, that's amazing. Yassel, you're such a famous thief, and now you're doing tshuva, you're returning the wallet. I can't believe it. He says, yes, rabbi, it's a mitzvah in the Torah. I want to fulfill the mitzvah. On the way out, the rabbi taps his hand, and he realizes that Yassel the Ganif stole his watch. And the rabbi says, Yossel, I thought you were doing a mitzvah, returning a lost object. He says, Rabbi, business is business. <laughs> to, to return the lost object, that's a mitzvah. But I have to make a living. So I have to take your watch. Two separate mitzvahs. Two separate mitzvahs. One is returning a lost object. And one is earning a living. So I have to earn a living. But the point over here is that there is the idea of Geneva, and Gazela. There is robbery in broad daylight, and then there is what you call Geneva, which is theft. And that is to do it in a covet, in an undercover way. Says the Gemara, pertaining to one who actually steals, a different terminology. Call a one who steals, ki'ilu oiveid avedazara, it is considered as if that person is an idolater. Now, on one hand, we could look at this statement in the Talmud and say, well, the Gemara wants to tell us the severity of the matter and really wants to impress upon us how bad it is. And therefore, the worst thing that a person can do is serve idols. So therefore, the Gemara goes to the extreme and says, you should know anyone who steals is considered to be an idolater. But we know that the Gemara does not use terminologies lightly. It doesn't simply choose the word idolatry because that's the most severe thing a person can do. But there must be an actual intrinsic relationship between idolatry and theft. What is the connection? And this is based on another Gemara that the students of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai once asked him. We find when you rob... And now you want to do tshuva, you give back the object itself. When you steal, however, you need to give back double. And they asked him, why when you steal is the tshuva much more severe? Why must you give back double for stealing, but not for robbing? And Rabbi Yechanan said the following. When you rob in broad daylight, you're clearly saying you're not afraid of man and you're not afraid of God. Okay, you're a bad person, you're a Russia, you're an evil person. And therefore, you have to pay back what you took. But, but, if you steal at night, which means you're afraid of a human being, but you're not afraid of God... You're placing God lower than the human being. You're saying God left the world. There's no God here anymore. 
There's men, there's police, there are people. I don't believe in God. Here, you are putting God beneath the dignity of humankind. This is idolatry. You believe there are other powers that run the world. There are other realities that conduct nature, but God has no part in it. If that's the case, the truth is much more difficult. Therefore, you are therefore like an idolater. So here we see these are various mitzvahs in the portion of Kedoshim. Kedoshim means to become holy. You would think to become holy means you have to live in a cocoon and you have to meditate 24 hours a day and fast six days a week. Says the Torah, no. You want to be Kedoshim. You want to be holy. Be a mensch. Don't take objects or money or property that does not belong to you, then you are truly Kaddish. What is the antithesis of, of stealing? What is the antithesis of robbing? Obviously, it's giving tzedakah, giving charity, doing acts of goodness and kindness, getting up in the morning and say, how can I make the world a better place? How can I contribute to humankind? How can I bring peace and holiness into the everyday world. I would like to conclude with the following story. There was a man from Borough Park in 1986 that had some issues, problems. He needed direction. He needed blessings. And so he wanted very much to meet the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, to receive his, his counsel and insight. He asked his uh, Chabad Lubavitch friend, is there a way to meet the Rebbe, speak to the Rebbe? He says, no, nowadays the Rebbe does not meet any person in private. You can go for a dollar on Sunday, perhaps, but there's no way to have a personal audience with the Rebbe. He says, I need to really speak to him. I need, I need his advice. I need his blessings. It's a very, very severe problem. His friend told him, look, when the Rebbe leaves his house in the morning to go to 770, to the synagogue, He's picked up by his driver in front of the house. He walks down his steps from his front door into the car. At that moment, if you stand there at the, at the bottom of the steps, the Rebbe will look at you and ask you what you're doing here. You'll have an opportunity to talk to the Rebbe. So he takes the advice, and uh, the next morning, he's standing in front of the Rebbe's house. And as the Rebbe's coming down the steps to go into his car, the Rebbe looks at him like, how can I help you? And the man begins to tell the Rebbe his problem. There are boys, Bachrim, from the yeshiva who are watching this, and they are timing this conversation. It took over five minutes. And after the, the, the Rebbe went back into his car, and the man was all excited with the answer, the boys jump on him. And they begin to scream at him. And they say, you should know, you ambushed the Rebbe. The Rebbe's time is so precious. How do you have the nerve and the chutzpah to go and just stand here and stop him and talk to him like that. The man was actually very embarrassed and felt terrible what he did. And he said, you know what, maybe the boys are right. I had no right to do that. So he goes into 770, he sits down, he writes a letter to the Rebbe, a letter of apology saying, Rebbe, I'm so sorry that I bothered you, I took up your time, I didn't have an official meeting, and I'm asking you for mechila for your forgiveness. A few hours later, the Rebbe responds to the man's letter, and Rabbi Binyamin Klein calls him up and says, the Rebbe said two things. Number one, you should know the boys had no right to be there. 
It was man at tefillah. It was a time of prayer. They had to be in yeshiva, in the synagogue, praying. They had no right to be there on the street. Number two, he says like this. I'm going to first recite it in Hebrew and Yiddish and translate this into English. He says, It is known the teachings of the Holy Baal Shem Tov. That the soul travels down thousands of worlds to come down into this physical world, a soul into the body, just to do a favor for another person. Who knows? Perhaps for this reason, to help you, did my soul come down to this world. And furthermore, the Rebbe concludes again, and who asked those boys to mix in to my situation? So this is really Kedoshim. This is the meaning of being holy. Holy means you get up every morning after saying, thank you God for returning my soul. You ask yourself, how can I make a difference? How can I help another person? And by doing so, we are fulfilling the mitzvah in this week's parsha of Yehafta, L'riachal Kamecha, to love your neighbor as yourself. And we know that the reason that we are today in Golos, that we are in exile, is because of sinas chinam, unwarranted hatred. And therefore, by loving your neighbor, even though sometimes you say, my neighbor doesn't deserve it, they're not a good person, don't become a judge. Be a kadosh, be holy. Serve your country. Serve your nation. Serve your people. And ask yourself, how can I make the world a better place?